This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Are you uh, at Kenny Rogers now? Or no, that's your... No, (laughs) no, no, no. It's just my display name. It's still at Ken State Bar, but... Is Rogers your middle name? Sorry, I don't even know. No, you don't know who Kenny Rogers is? The gambler? No. What? I'm I'm a deer in headlights, buddy. I'm a deer in headlights. Anyways, Kenny Rogers, very infamous country singer. And also just what the O-Dog has deemed my nickname. He just keeps calling me Kenny Rogers or referring to me in the third person as the gambler. So O-Dog. He was roasting me the other day on Overdrive on uh, on Labor Day because I shot him a text message during the show. No way. I have to say something. Kenny Rogers, I know you can hear this right now. Don't ever text me on my personal phone. He just texted me and said, I'm doing updates, guy. <laughs> I love it. Good man, Kenny. He's no, in there Kenny. working. <laughs> <laughs> but he was roasting me on air, man. I was at work doing the updates, and he was saying that I got the day off, so I had to defend my honor. Not Another Leafs Podcast. New episodes Mondays on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Cold sweats, but uh, terrible nightmares, uh, wild events, Stanley Cup, you know, uh, all kinds of shit's just going on in my reality right now. But uh, I guess we can just go straight into the fucking uh, the nightmare I had. It could be my introduction today. Uh, first off, Mason, how, how are you today? I am fucking beautiful. How are you, buddy? Good. Uh, I'm a lot better than, uh, <laughs> than the other day when... Um, I fucking woke up and had a fucking instant panic attack. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. Yeah. I um, I can attest to that. You were definitely freaking the fuck out. You texted me. Yeah, I hit you with like five or six fucking like uh, messages in a row because I was just in disbelief. And, and, you know, like that's how it happens. Like if you're going to get got by Twitter, it always happens when like you're not fully awake. So like you're not even like, you're not even giving yourself the time to be like, think about this. Like what, what is, what site posted this? You know, like so I immediately <laughs> just fucking let Twitter just troll the fuck out of me with this shitty ass fucking, uh, Brent Seabrook fucking trade. Yep. I was fucking livid. I said, fuck, fuck Twitter. Got a notification for a trade. It was Domi. Caulfield, Alsner, and some other people for Brent fucking Seabrook, and I'm glad I'm glad you were awake enough to just fucking laugh at me. Because <laughs> Do you want me to- go, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You want me to read it? Yeah. The Canadians have acquired forward Brandon Saad and defenseman Brett Seabrook from the Blackhawks in exchange for Max Domi, Cole Caulfield, Carl Alsner, and Itov Mayakev. We wish Cole. Max, Carl, and Itoff, all the best in the Windy City. Fuck, that was a terrible trade. Like, maybe, like, after Chicago's first or second, 
Stanley Cup that would have been like a decent trade for both players, but I fucking woke up scrambling. I felt like I was just reaching for papers, like just trying to <laughs> just trying to read it, and I, I just allowed my emotions to just fucking run wild. It was a nightmare. My wife's in the fucking front room, just hears me fucking going nuts. And I'm just so happy that the response I got was just a bunch of fucking laughing emojis and just said, I saw that. Which which has furthered my <laughs> is this real or not? Because there was no, hey, it's it's a fake. I, I I can tell you you're just waking up. You just said, Is everything all right? I said, No, like <laughs> having a fucking stroke over here. Well, at first, I had no idea what you were fucking talking about because you were like, did you see it? And I was like, it took me a minute and then I realized you were getting trolled. Yeah, I thought, well, I, well I, can't, I can't end it here. I've got to let it go a little longer. Dude, first off, I thought it was a good idea to just follow hashtag Canadians because sometimes I do get some good material from it. You know, I like to keep up to date. But <laughs> motherfucker, dude, like I never get notifications from it right i just go on and it just shows me a thread every now and then i got a legit notification that morning as if someone was like i'm going to ruin people's fucking lives and it got me it fucking got me and it was disturbingly upsetting and to provide context um cory got trolled by a montreal canadians twitter account run by um no, Noah Juleson. It's another parody account guy. He runs it on Twitter, and it's Canadians Montreal, spelled almost identically to the Montreal Canadians. It looks like, and he just uses it to troll people. And uh, Corey, if you had a looked at it clearly, in the trade, like where they're announcing the trade, they they attached a picture of Stu Cowan sitting. <laughs> Dude, I didn't even click. Too. I didn't click anything. Right. I just read the headline and immediately lost my fucking mind because I mean, I was half asleep, you know, like I literally <laughs> like my alarm went off. I turned my alarm off, saw a notification and I was like, holy fuck, we got another trade. I need to write this down when I wake. So I have something to talk about and it ruined my fucking morning. <laughs> and it only, you know, I got to say it just brightened my day. To yeah, troll you. It, it was fine. I was so happy afterwards. The word relief couldn't be spelled any better after that. But fuck, man. <laughs> fuck. Uh, just sweating in my bed, thinking that, you know, I'm all for Domi not leaving. And then we got Cole Caulfield. I was like, this is, the, this is fucking 2016 or 15 all over again. We're losing all the def- – when we lost fucking everybody. I mean, we do have a real transaction, though, not fake, not trolling, that, uh, you know, I'm sure we, we could probably talk about. Yeah, let's go into it. Uh, so, uh, Joel Edmondson, you know, uh, a lot of non-fucking believers thought that we just gave away a fifth-round draft pick, which we have so many fucking picks, so it's great to to get something out of it, right? Uh, so, we got Joel Edmondson, and everyone was saying that he was going to go uh, test free agency, but he didn't. And there's a cool backstory about it. But uh, before we get into it, it's at um, Joel Edmondson signed pretty fucking fast. Uh, it's a four year contract. So from 2021 to 2024, uh, hopefully he'll play with the Montreal Canadiens. There's no telling what wild card 
is capable of. He might not be here after two, three seasons, but uh, he's he's uh, down for a $3.5 million AAV, which is, in my opinion, a little high. Um, you know, his, his previous contract was 2.75. I posted that I thought we would sign him for maybe 2.83 mil max would be the highest, but apparently needing a left-handed defenseman on the third wing was enough to pay him the extra – Point five, because I mean, he wanted three mil from St. Louis. He went to arbitrations for it, and he got the two two point seven five. So I mean, he got what he wanted, and he got a little extra, you know. Yeah, for sure. I um, I do think that the annual value of the contract is a little too high. However, I just don't really see the problem with it because, like, Montreal could use that cap. You could argue they could use that cap space for. I don't know, a big name like Taylor Hall if you're on that boat, which I'm fucking not. But when you really break it down... I'm over Taylor Hall. Yeah, as am I. When you break it down, you know, $3 million would have been a healthy value for him. He got 5.5 more. It's not the end of the world. It's only a four-year deal. Yeah. In two years, that's a very tradable contract to a contending team, to a team that is a hopeful maybe pushing for the playoffs. That That's a very tradable contract for a guy like Joel Edmondson. And, you know, like, like we've mentioned previously, it's a position of need, left-handed D. Obviously, there's going to be a log jam in the Montreal defense next season. But I just think that Mark Bergeron is looking here because he wants to compete, but he also wants to grow his players. So Joel Edmondson is there as kind of an insurance policy. You know, Romanov's going to play next season. Don't Let's not get it twisted. He's not taking up Romanov's spot. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't burn a year of his contract just to, just to have him sit. Exactly. And, you know, I just think at the end of the day, it means Mete or Kulak is expendable. I'm not sure why um, Mark Bergevin and Julian don't see Kulak for what he is. I believe he's a great partner for Jeff Petrie. So, you know, that I got to say is a little frustrating. I do feel for Mete. I think he could turn into a great defenseman. But when you have this many defensive prospects, young guys, you know, talented veterans like Sherratt Petrie and Weber, you have to make some sacrifices. And hockey at the end of the day is a business. I think, you know, as much as I love Victor Mete, um, I think he is inevitably the odd man out here. Which is a shame because I – couldn't have been more happy when they put him with Shea Weber and you could just see like, you know, the puzzle pieces being put together, you know, just his, his game just extending that much further this year. Yeah. I think, um, Mete definitely could have used another year in the CHL to maybe grow. Instead, he was kind of thrust into a situation where he had to play in. Granted, I don't think Mete did that like, poorly at all i think when metze came into the league he was an enigma he came in he was like 19 years old small speedy defenseman playing with shea weber i don't think that happens very often in the nhl it's not something you see a lot but it was also out of necessity montreal needed him to play well they Mm -hmm. needed him up there and now i just think that he hasn't grown as much as he could metze is 21 years old um he's turning 22 i don't think that by any means Mete is a bust 
or is not going to be an NHL player. I really do believe he's going to contribute and at his very best could be a second pairing defenseman. Right now, he's definitely a third pairing defenseman, but I just think that Montreal has to um, look at their assets and see that we have way too many defensemen. It, eventually, we're going to have to start making some moves. Mark Bergevin's already done that, and I do think that this Joel Edmondson signing, it's not a it's not a big splash by any means, but little a little puzzle piece to you know make the jigsaw puzzle a little more complete. And I think that at the end of the day, this is just going to help the Habs. Yeah, I do too. I think that extra point five came from um, his dad's side of the family being French Canadian. I feel like they were it, it was just an easy pull, you know. Like Joel Edmondson. Granted, if you if you're an analytical slut, um, you know you're not his biggest fan. But you got to look at a guy who, you know, two years ago won the Stan. Well, no, last year won the Stanley Cup. This this year, still went to the playoffs. You know, so you know this guy. Granted, I mean, you know, he was on two great teams at the time. Well, the Blues' second half was a great team. But this is a guy who's got you know Stanley Cup winning exposure, and then another decent year in the playoffs granted Carolina I feel kind of got stumped out a little early but you know you, you off for three months and then play hockey you know it there's going to be things that are off but I think this was a good pickup you know but I, I do think that his French Canadian background probably helped sway him to stay over here also playing with uh well training with Shea Weber and Kerry Price was probably an easy fix too you know yeah and he he even released a comment in which he said that once Montreal had traded for him, free agency wasn't even a thought on his mind. It wasn't an option. He wanted to get a deal done with the Habs. And, you know, at the end of the day, I do think this is a good pickup and it was a good acquisition for Mark Bergeron. But I think that in its own self, the fact that he only wanted to play for the Habs is a good sign because we have dealt with a lot of rumors and you know i'm sure some of it's truth that players don't want to play in montreal so it's it's good to see the free agents because at the end of the day joel edmondson was a free agent they just traded for his rights he could have gone anywhere he want to see that free agents still want to play in montreal you know that is a good sign and it's probably a good sign that this team is moving in the right direction i mean it was just kind of like you also you got Jake Allen being there, so like you got the comfortability of two guys that are just legends of the game of this generation, and then you got Jake Allen, who you just previously won a cup with, is also going to the team. You know, like it's a little easier, you know, cozy cubby hole for him to like land in. You know, it, truthfully, I feel like he couldn't have found a, an easier spot to just be like, yeah, I can, I feel comfortable playing here. They just did very well in the playoffs. You know, so yeah, and. Well, we haven't even begun to discuss the fact that Montreal has added not one but two players with championship pedigree onto their roster. We've seen what Jake Allen can do in the playoffs when it when it's clutch time. Um, just this year, actually, he performed really well in the playoffs, and I just think that I, I to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of Joel Edmondson. I didn't watch a lot of St. Louis in that um, Stanley Cup winning season they had, but. To win a cup and to get there is a grueling battle. It's tough. It takes a lot of fucking work. And Montreal's added two guys who Joel Edmondson's, you know, he's not young, but he's not old. He's in the prime. Jake Allen is 30. I'd say that's the prime for a goalie. Um, 
who are going to be able to teach not only the young guys, but some of the veterans, you know, this is what you got to do to win the cup. And Carey Price is the greatest goalie of his generation. He's going to go down as one of the best goalies to ever live. But he's a Vesna winner. He's a Jennings winner. He won the heart. He, he's won all of these accolades. He's a gold medal winning Olympian. But there's one thing he's not, and that's a Stanley Cup champion. So say what you want. Jake Allen is nowhere near the talent of Carey Price. But to have someone with that Stanley Cup winning championship pedigree on the team is just a massive benefit for the rest of the players. Absolutely. Um, I mean, truthfully, all we got to do is just lock in a, a fucking Stanley Cup veteran on, on the forwards. And, you know, we, we have someone that, that every, every position can go to and ask, you know, in, in trying times. You know, what, what was something that, that you noticed or, you know, so be it. Like, you know, because they, they, they have to have talks like that. You know, every team goes through a drought. Every team goes through, like, just a, a flash of success. And it's great to have guys who, who can be like, look, you know, St. Louis, we weren't great. You know, and the ASN, we found, we found our rhythm, you know. And, and it, we, we basically did the same thing in the playoffs. You know, no one expected anything from us except for our fans. Knew what we were capable of doing. And guess what? We found momentum and we rode with it. You got two guys who can definitely be like, yeah, this is the type, this is the direction that we headed to get on to our way to the Stanley Cup. You know, like, granted, words can only, you know, elevate your game so much, but shit, once it's backed behind commitment, you know, there's no telling what's capable. Well, it's not just words either. Like, watching the practice and the dedication the dedication that a lot of players put in will inspire, you know, young guys, even veterans to work hard. Um, you see it just in, in hockey in general with Carey Price. When Carey Price is on the ice, putting in 110%, making flashy saves, you know, usually he has to do that shit because the Habs are playing like ass. But once he's made a few awesome saves, you, you can tell, even when you're just watching on TV, the players look around and go, damn, He's putting in that much work. We better put in some more. And a lot of time, more often than not, you'll see the players start working a little harder. They're doing more because it's just human nature. Right. You're watching your teammate, your, your, one of your buddies, you know, go out there and grind. You're not going to sit on your ass and not do anything. You're going to think, well, shit, I better, you know, put my ass into motion and, you know, work a little fucking harder. Yeah, no, um, Nothing like rallying behind your fucking all-star goalie, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that would do it, you know, having Carey Bryce just save you from an, from an ass-beating of a fucking lifetime, you know, would definitely get hopefully the wheels fucking turning. And I just think that this next season coming up is going to be a great success. Um, I think our young players are going to get just that much more experience on, on a now high-profiling team. Um. I don't know. I just I can't wait. I know they're saying that it this next season might be pushed back till 2021, so it might start in January. But truthfully, that's not that far away. So, well, if anything, I think that serves to help the Habs because we're such a young team. I think guys like Price and Weber, it might might you know they might get a little rusty, but we've seen Price after a long wait. He didn't look rusty. Weber looked fine. But I think especially the young guys, they're going to be able to jump in and shake off the rust like that. Yeah. You know, they're not going to 
they're not going to take a few games. They're just going to, and you know, you could very well see Montreal get off to a very quick start. Um, this team has been able to do it in very recent DOS four years. They had two like nine game, 10 game winning streaks. And at the end of the day, a lot of the core from those teams are still there. They're still here. And I just, you know, I think that youth will help Montreal, not to mention the fact that we've seen what our center core can do. And, I think that's still a big question mark as to what's going to happen. I do think we see Mark Bergevin make a move, um, whether that's around the draft, whether that's around free agency, I don't know because I don't think you can ever know with Mark Bergevin, but I, I would be surprised if we go into the draft or come into the season with the four centermen we have right now. Uh, I believe that the four centermen stay. I think that, Domi might get moved over to the side because we because we know we know that's who you're talking about. Like we're not talking about your favorite Philip Deneau, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we're definitely not talking about the the new young bloods that are on the bucket team, you know. The uh, but I don't know. I get we can go into that in a minute. But uh, talking about the future, talking about youth, uh, I think it's a good time just to just to talk for a second about Cole Caulfield. Yep. But he's going over to Sweden. Now, you see, like, I don't know when they play their hockey. I, I doubt it's a they're summer playing right league. now. Oh, okay. Okay. So, fuck me. Yeah, they're, um, uh, they're playing their games right now. So, I thought his whole idea was that he wanted to get some type of education along with Boston Ass and – where is he at? Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, he's at Wisconsin with the Badgers. So, is he taking a year off of school to go play in the SHL? I don't think Caulfield <clears throat> sorry. Um I'm not in his mind and I don't know this for sure. But from what I've read in interviews from him, I don't think so much it was education. I'm sure there's a little piece of that that is important to him. But I would also look at he like just look at his past. He played with the National Men's Development Program. Um he already had that was taking an aversion away from the CHL. You know, he had the option to play in the CHL and he didn't at that youth age. And you look at all his contemporaries, a lot of his teammates went the college route. And when you're with a team, they're all your buddies. You know, you're gonna be influenced by them. And when talking about the CHL this year possibly playing in um I believe it in the bubbles and shit. Yeah, I don't know if it was Saginaw. Some CHL team owns his rights. Mm-hmm. Um, he stated that, you know, it wouldn't really help him because he's past that development, you know. And essentially, and I'm paraphrasing here because this is not a direct quote, he could go over to the CHL, score 50 goals, get 120 points, but that's not going to help his development yeah, at all, he's right? He's just going to – yeah, okay, I get what you're saying. So I think that was kind of his thinking and staying in college. He could, you know, continue to put up points. He led the um, Big Ten rookies in – actually, he led the NCAA in rookie points with 36 and 36 games. Um, led the Big Ten conference in points and goals overall. Like Cole Caulfield had an amazing year, but he was also, you know, developing, playing against bigger dudes and – I think that's why there are rumors of him going to the SHL because the Swedish Hockey League, like we had just a few episodes ago, had On Man Rush on here. Swedish Hockey League is not a fucking joke. There's some really good players, some former NHLers, former KHLers, future KHLers, future NHL stars who play in that league. And I just think it would be a great um, track for development for Cole Caulfield. 
Well, if uh, if this shit turns out to be true, we definitely have to have Odd Man Rush back on here to talk about it again. Because uh, I'm gonna have to get links to watch him. Because uh, apparently, you know, I figured watching Cole Caulfield would be pretty easy living in the states. Uh, but apparently, I can't even get fucking college hockey down here. So <laughs> it's just not fair. Yeah, I have. I can safely say I've watched maybe one or two college hockey games. I mean, we can get the Frozen Four, right? Yeah. That's it. You know, like, I wanted to follow this kid because I, I wanted to be the fucking scoop on Cole Caulfield. You know, I wanted to be the one to be leaned on. Fuck no. I can't, I can't even fucking find this kid. I, I can find his jersey, but that's, that's it. Like, it's terrible. But uh, I think it would be sick. You know, we saw your favorite uh, Toronto – Toronto Maple Leafs player go and play over in, in the fucking in the Europe European leagues and um he had a great success his first you know his first season in the game. I mean he plays well whether or not you like him or not. He you know at least he's offensively well. Um yeah. but I, I would hope that Cole Caulfield can do the same. You know? If you if you're gonna talk about Captain Underpants, at least talk about him by his name. <laughs> Oh, that's your job, bud. You know, I just got to poke the fence a little bit. But uh, best wishes to Cole Caulfield. Wherever he goes, I know he's going to be fucking great. I mean, he's small, fast as shit, and has, like, fucking the offensive talent of some of the greatest legends in hockey. So I just hope he develops a lot, you know, a lot more with a more experienced league. Because, like you said, if he goes back and plays in the CHL, he should just be fucking yawning and scoring hat tricks, you know. Yeah, exactly. And um I don't even know when the NCAA is gonna start. Um they're talking about a November start date, maybe. You know, we're not sure. Um I know cases of COVID still aren't doing great in the US and you know, we're actually getting a resurgence here in Canada too, because people can't stay inside. So uh, we don't know when we're gonna get hockey back. Um I think that's why the Swedish league is the best option for Cole Caulfield because at the end of the day, that's an assurance that he is 100% going to be able to get games and play hockey. I also just want to point out and rub in the fact that the reason Cole Caulfield has an opportunity to play with this team, I believe, in one second, I had the team name up here. It was... It was uh, S- Essence or something like that? Row, uh, yeah, S. Row or something. Uh, one second. I had it too. God damn it. Anyway, it's irrelevant, S. Rogel or whatever. Um, it's because Edmonton sent over Raphael Lavoie, their, one of their big forward prospects. And he yeah, and wasn't they, they're good, done with him. Like. Yeah, he wasn't good <laughs> enough to make the team. So if that doesn't tell you a little bit about how good the Swedish Hockey League is, I don't know what will, because Raphael Lavoie ripped, tore it up in the CHL. He, he's one of the Edmonton Oilers' best forward prospects. And... They said, yeah, no, you're not good enough. Sorry. Sent him packing. Um, yeah, I just think if that's not telling of Caulfield's talent, I don't know what is. And I just – I think this would personally be the best route for him. I love it. I love it. Uh, there's also another young stud that I, I notoriously keep getting poked at to, to have a look at. But uh, – how about fucking Norlander 
Matthias <laughs> my boy, man. So, uh, so I get sent this fucking insane goal, and if I love Josh Brooks after seeing this, and I have to choose one of the two, I, I haven't seen enough of Norlander, but this kid is looks like he wheels and deals a lot better than Josh Brooks. How can you still hold on to Josh <laughs> Brooks as a better player than Matthias Norlander? Based off of not having enough material watch. Now, people can make fun of me for that, but, you know, like, I'm a little busy, you know, just trying to survive in the South right now. We got, like, fucking six storms ready to attack. Um, but, no, uh, hopefully, hopefully if I get – sent home because of a storm it's something i can watch a little bit more of but uh this kid's insane i'm just gonna say that and i'll hold on to josh brooks until i've officially (laughs) given up on him because (laughs) when i saw that kid play wheeling and dealing as a defenseman like that whoo it gave me goosebumps but this kid just fucking finds the slot and just beautifully sees a setup the goalie can't see shit. He's screened by two fucking players and just finds the back of the twine. It's pretty. Matthias Norlander is our second best defensive prospect. Yeah, who's in front? <laughs> Romanov. No shit. Romanov. <laughs> um, I think Montreal's decor, I've, I've, we've mentioned it a lot. The prospects are phenomenal. I think Norlander's our best offensive defensive prospect um just watching the way this guy skates his hockey iq i would like to see him get shots off a little quicker his release needs to get a little faster but that's something you can work on you can't teach hockey iq it's just something that you inherently have like to an extent you know what i'm saying but i do think that and I don't know if you know this because I don't know if you hadn't talked about it. Um, Matthias Norlander started his hockey career as a centerman, oh, so he sick. was a forward. Yeah, and you can you can. Totally, oh yeah, now uh, I can definitely see why yeah. this kid was able to just fucking just swing through all the defensive fucking prowessness and just find the back of the net like that. That was beautiful. Uh, he's also uh, I I found this quite enjoyable. But Craig Button, whether or not. <clears throat> excuse me, whether or not you like him or not, he had him in, uh, of the top 10 Canadian futures, he's number six. So I couldn't Canadian, be more excited for top that. Top 10 Canadian like prospects, like teams or Montreal Canadian? Montreal Canadians. He only had him six. He's got him six, but you know that he's got Ryan Poling as three. But I hate to say it, but where does he fit on this team? And it hurts my heart to fucking say that. So I feel like he'll be in the top five because – we're going to have to find a place for Ryan Poling. I want to – who – do you know that list off the top of your head? Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking gonna, looking I'm at it. Guess, so, who do you think is number one? Romanov. Buttons okay. go fucking high on Romanov. Okay, who do you think is number two? Caulfield. All right. Now, who do you think is number four? Actually, Caulfield might be number one. I'm going to switch that. Okay. Um, you already said three was paling. Number mm-hmm. four? Hmm. How young? What's the age? What, what's the no age? one's older than twenty one. Twenty one's the oldest. Number Caden Primo, <clears throat> absolutely. And then, fuck! If you get the rest of these, it would just be a shit show. So five down is Jaden Struble, Matthias Norlander, 
Jordan Harris, uh, Yessi. Yessi Yolonen. Yolonen. Josh Brook. Cam Hillis. Cam Hillis is going to be a stud. Yeah, hopefully there's movement to where he can be a stud on our team. No, I'm telling you, this guy um, actually played hockey with one of my buddies out in fucking Coburg. So, uh, obviously, there's a home, little hometown fucking biasy here. But to watch the way he led Guelph this year when Nick Suzuki – so, he won the the Calder with Nick Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Um, when Nick Suzuki first came over, they were 1-2 in points. And this year, Nick Suzuki left and Cam Hillis, I'm telling you, just the leadership of this guy, not only just the hockey talent, led that Guelph Storm team all year. Just put up a shit ton of points. I think he's a really under-the-radar prospect. If you want to have a good, you know, prospect sit down, you want to watch someone just entertaining to watch, look up Cam Hillis highlights because this guy's phenomenal. Fuck yeah. Well, dude, those top ten, that's that's a great top ten. I'm not going to lie. Um, a lot of defense. Yeah, a lot, lot of D. Defense. Josh Brooks, bro. <laughs> oh, <God>. No. <laughs> I'm gonna ride that fucking train, son. No, uh, but no, I'm. A, it's crazy that just a few years ago I was just lost into what the Canadians' future could be, and to actually feel like, you know, now I'm stuck with. Hey, let's just see who we who we would have to give up in order to bring up, and which poor kids that are just phenomenal can't play with this team. Yeah, we have a such a such a big depth, and what's fucked up is they had us ranked number nine as far as depth, uh, as the whole NHL's um, depth pool for for the, our futures. We we were ranked nine, so that's that's pretty good. But which I feel is like weird we're because higher. we were we were ranked number two last year. Yeah, and I don't know what's changed. <clears throat> if anything, we had a better draft, so that was curious for me. Um, I know Craig Button ranked us number two, and I've always said that Craig Button, love him or hate him, he's one of the go-to guys with prospects. He just – he should have been a fucking NHL scout, honestly. He he does really well with prospects. And so I, I will take his word as kind of law in that regard. Um, I do think there are some teams with better prospect pools than Montreal. I think Ottawa, after this draft, is probably going to have a better fucking prospect pool than Montreal. But that's what you get for sucking for the last decade and a half. So, fuck you. <laughs> but, yeah, I just think that Montreal's future is really bright. We, we, it re- oh, my God, stuttering over my fucking words. Blah, 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 blah. Um, we right. reiterate that a lot on this show. But I think it's because it's just true. And I, with a rebuilding team, that's what you focus on prospects. But I got to say, just as a, um, a co-host kind of perspective – I'm super fucking excited to not talk about prospects next year and just talk about how awesome our fucking team is. Yeah. No, uh, because it's just like we already know the prospects are amazing, and I hope that we just have an amazing season just to put us over the fucking edge of being worried about what, you know, not worried about what we can do to be better, but how we're going to place these kids into the future. Yes, definitely. Uh, Brief, I I, I do love when you stutter. It does make you sound human human so, so that's that it, it feels good for me you know <laughs> what else would i be 
I don't know, like a fucking Canadian history book. Canadian history book. Yep. I mean, that's just fucking fur trapping and apologizing for 170 years. That's Canadians with an E, not 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 your home. Not, oh, not. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you, you're great with your own, uh, you know, country's history. I was like, huh, yeah, not a lot there. Jesus. Um, but yeah, you know, we're about to wrap it up. A little short today, folks, but, um, you know, there's, there's, once again, there's not much to talk about. Max Domi, no new news on that saga other than he did just come out with a commercial wearing the Blue Blanc Rouge. So if a guy was trying to leave, I don't think he would go on a national <clears throat> televised commercial and wear our jersey. He could have, they could have easily gave him a blank or a whatever company it was. Could have been Dunkin' Donuts. A jersey made just for them. So that's that's all I have to say. I think that he fucking he's gonna stay, even if we have to Alex Galchenyuk him in a sense of moving him around on our team, not someone else's. I got two things. First, Max Domi will not be a centerman for the Montreal Canadiens next year. Okay. Whether that's on another team or whether he's on the wing, I don't know. But he won't be he won't be in the center. Second I haven't seen this commercial, so I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Good. But I got the scoop today. Dunkin' Donuts. Trash. Fucking trash. trash. Tim Hortons destroys it. Never had Timmy's, so. But I can tell you Dunkin' Donuts is trash. I can tell you Dunkin' Donuts is so trash that they try to bring them into, like, you know, shitty areas to see if, like, they could compete. We had one down here, folks. It was in the the old Burger King location, previous, you know, uh, pre-Katrina. And it lasted maybe two months. And the only time my wife was ever interested in Dunkin' Donuts is when they introduced the vegan something. They had some type of vegan thing on the menu. And she was like, you know what? I'm on my way to work. I'll go give it a try. Guess what? Fucking shit's boarded up because no one cares about Dunkin' Donuts other than fucking Barstool Sports. Okay, Dunkin' Donuts, like, I, I don't know, like, most Canadians don't even know what the fuck Dunkin' Donuts is, because we don't have it here, but I went, whenever I'm in, the first time, like, I ever had it, I was down in the U.S. for some, I don't know, I can't fucking remember why I was there, and I, like, I was like, yo, like, it's a coffee shop, I'm gonna just get, like, it's not even a coffee shop, it's like, okay, just a shithole. I was like, I'm, I'll get some, like, you know, like a donut and, like, a coffee. Oh, my God. What? Like, it's like you're eating fucking cardboard and drink, flushing it down with, like, glue. It's horrible. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not, like, typical Canadian Tim's is the great. Tim, Tim's is all right. But, like, Jesus Christ, that was just fucking horrible, man. But you're either getting stale donuts or it's just a greasy fucking mess. Just just nasty tasting grease fucking filled pockets. You know who doesn't like Dunkin' Donuts either? Fucking Mohammed. Mo no Munchies hates fucking Dunkin' Donuts just as much. Has it's a horrible. great video on his YouTube page about how much he hates Dunkin' Donuts. So, you know, even the king of fucking New Orleans food hates Dunkin' Donuts. As he should. <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking terrible. I mean, I live in a small town, 
So I would definitely suggest, you know, like most small towns have, have like either a big chain that's good. Hold up, hold up, hold up. You do not live in a small town. Yeah, I do. You live in New Orleans. I live right outside of it. Okay. I, 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 li- I live in fucking the middle of nowhere, Corey. <laughs> okay. Well, your, your definition of small town and my definition is just a little off, right? That's okay. You know, uh, like a couple thousand people off. Okay, well, I can I can understand, right? Because my <laughs> town was a nice town before the storm, and it's like a third of what it used to be. So it's a small town to me, but uh, it's all about the family-owned places. That's all I gotta say. You know, like the family-owned place or like one legit good company. That's all you yeah. get. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. We got errands on. Fuck everybody else. We got errands. So. Of course, if Dunkin' Donuts wants to sponsor us, um, my opinion might be subject to change. So, <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. I, you put me I'm on a national televised man. commercial. I could change that up. It's not bad. I, I'll shit I, on I, Muhammad. Like, I'm an open-minded man. You know, um, I might change my views for, you know, compensation of some sort. But <laughs> on that note, I think. Uh, we're probably we're getting off topics that usually means we're done for the day unless there's anything else you wanted to add Corey. uh dallas is going to win the stanley cup it's going to be uh a six game series i was Anton saying five Hudobin. it's a six now not Anton just Hudobin, Hudobin. it's fucking kivi ranta you want to see a team not only just uh fucking play amazing because of a goaltender how about the young kid undrafted was brought in as a fucking recommendation and now this kid's looking like the new Tyler Johnson of 2015 season. So suck on it. Yeah, but Tyler Johnson didn't win. Yeah, he doesn't have to win. But he was great. He but, he single handedly took us out. He single handedly took out. Fucking, no, Ben Bishop took us out. Oh, fuck Ben Bishop. Bud. That's why he's not even fucking playing right now. <laughs> ben Bishop was also you know highly uh, accepted. High draft pick, went to a great school, Maine, you know, known for their goaltenders. This kid came out of fucking nowhere. Someone literally put it on a fucking, on like a little loose leaf scratch of paper and was like, yeah, this kid could be the bee's knees for you, and he's fucking unreal. Anyway, Dallas wins in six games. Uh, Southern hockey's fucking back. Tampa's not Southern. It's an Eastern team off the coast. Fuck them. They don't deserve it. They have a great team, but they're down people. So it's Dallas's time. That's isn't, all I gotta isn't say. Tampa more south than Dallas. Sure, but not the south. There, there's 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 a difference. They're <laughs> they're in the south, but they're not the south. They're like that dirty old cousin you want nothing to do with. <laughs> so they're like, that's my they're end. Like, they're like fucking Quebec. <laughs> know, they're part of Canada, but they're not part of Canada. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This Habs podcast. I'm joking. Anyway. Dude, you're going to fucking get us losing followers. No one's going to – we're not going to lose followers making fun of Tampa, but you're going to sit here and make fun of Quebec. That's rude. Everyone makes fun of Quebec. Quebec (laughs) makes fun of Quebec. Oh, well. Anyway, folks, you can find both of us on Twitter. Uh, You can find Mason at Habs Nightly. You can find myself at Bayou Vendors. Folks, you guys have a great start of your week. Can't wait to talk to you about news or how I was fucking right about Dallas or Norlander being better than Josh Brooks. You know, time will tell. That's all I gotta say.
comes back. All right. Perfect. <laughs> I'll see you later, buddy. And thank you guys for stopping by. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.